Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us today as we have another broadcast. I first want to give you a couple of ways to reach us by email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can reach us by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, that's Pastor Eric, <clears throat> Post Office Box 4473. Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And we'll continue our uh, teaching that we started last week, well, a couple of weeks ago, as we're talking about being born into the family. And we're now talking about relationship. And in our last uh, teaching, we're talking about relationship versus uh, religion, because in our time, again, we are living in a time where uh, faith is being challenged. And I'm talking about faith in Christ and the validity. And I would mean by the truthfulness or the necess- or the uh, what's necessary or what's even believable out of the Bible. Some are saying that, well, you know, the Bible is not inclusive enough. Um, one president even said that you know, we need to uh, refocus, remodel, reconsider what the Bible says. And really that many of, much of it is... Um, uh, lack of a better phrase, uh, old-fashioned or un, uh, it's outdated. That, that would be the word, outdated for the times that we live in. And, but I would say that the Bible is, is not only necessary, but is relevant to what's going on in the world. In every facet of your life, we're talking about your married life, your single life, your, uh, whether you're talking about sexuality, we're talking about uh, history or science or prophecy or, or business, wherever you want to place uh, emphasis on as far as what's going on in the world, the scripture has an answer or makes a comment about how we should live, how we should believe, and where we should be as a people. I'm talking about for believers. If you're not a believer, then I understand why there is some uh, trepidation or some shakiness about the scripture and say, can this book, which was written over 2,000 years ago, the book of the New Testament, the book of the New Testament was written um, 2,000 years rather uh, along the time of Christ. And I believe most of it was written within of his death. I believe it was written within uh, probably about 100, within 100 years. But my whole point in saying all of this is that the Bible is relevant. Although it was written by uh, a multitude of writers, and uh, there are um, there are mu- there is much that we can learn from those men who with who allowed the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them, and although their lives were threatened, some lost their lives, some were crucified upside down. Uh, we know the Apostle John. Uh, they couldn't kill him. They bawled him and all. He was, he was banished to uh, the island of Patmos. Um, there were others who were stoned. Um, uh, you name it, it was done to them because of their stand for God and their stand for who he is and what God had, was leading them to do. And I believe in this time, we will have to say hard things. I'm talking about uh, and stand for things which are opposed to what the culture and what man is saying, where today Christ, and you feel a believer, you're considered ignorant because we would dare stand and say, you know what, the Bible is right, that we should consider the scripture before everything, even before what the law says. Because if the law comes 
contrary to what the scripture says, as a believer, we must stand with the word of God. I know that's not with uh, our current belief and current beliefs and where we can say in America that we're living in a country and in a time that where uh, religious values are being tested and being challenged and uh, being taken to court. And I believe that as we near the end, as we near uh, the times where, you know, the church now has been ridiculed, but when there becomes religion, religious persecution because of our beliefs in Christ, I believe that as, as Christians, as ministers, as people of God, that we will have to take a stand and say, I live for Christ. And if it costs me, whatever it costs me, what it costs me, but I'm going to choose God. I choose God. And I wonder What's it, what's it going to look like? What's this world going to look like if the Lord so patiently will allow this world to stand for a hundred years from now? The church is still going to be standing. The Bible said the gates of hell should not prevail against it. But I wonder where many of us will be. Uh, some who are living today, most of us who are living today, a hundred years from now, we won't be here. But point being, how are we going to end our lives? Are we going to go out with a whimper or in silence? I'm not saying that we're protesting and, you know, and burning down buildings because that's not God. But what I am saying is that will we take a stand for what the scripture says and say, you know what, this is what I believe and it cost me what it cost me, but I would rather say yes to God and what he has to say than yes to a culture that will change on a dime. Let's get read, read some more today. A term, we were talking about being born into the family and our relationship with God. And we're going to start out with a man who was a, uh, a Pharisee, taught, as we know, the, the Pharisees. And it, it, you read scripture when Paul talks about over in Philippians uh, about his training as a Pharisee. How that they had to they had to have knowledge of the laws of the of the scriptures. They had to know how to conduct themselves and how to. Uh, 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 uphold the law and be keepers of it. And so we come to read about a man called Nicodemus. This is in St. John, third chapter. I'm sorry, I didn't give you this book, but St. John 3, we're going to read a few verses in it where Nicodemus began, began to question Jesus about his teachings. And Nicodemus was so curious about this new rabbi, this new teacher who was going in opposition he came with grace. He came with love, but he also came with authority and he came with the evidence that the thing that he spoke when he told some that thy sins are forgiven thee, that he, when he raised a man from the dead, when there were blinded eyes open, I'm talking about in the midst of people, when they saw the cripple and the paralytics getting, rising up and walking. This is what I believe the church will have to, we will have to demonstrate that the God we serve not only is able, but the God that we serve is still the same God that will perform miracle signs and wonders in evidence that what he said is who he is and he is the same God today as he was yesterday to those who will stand unapologetically with him. In other words, not apologizing that you're a Christian, not uh, whippering away 
but not also. We don't have to be obnoxious. We don't have to uh, uh, do all the things of the world, you know, and, and batter down and burn down people's houses and threaten, you know, all those things. But we come with not only the word of God, but we do everything in love. But love will correct you. Love will, uh, uh, will, will establish a pattern. It will establish a way. And that's what love did. And love's name is Jesus. He is the love of God. He is the word of God. He is the grace of God. And this is what he is calling us to do. So let's start out today in St. John 3. And we're going to read a little bit about uh, Nicodemus and his time with Christ. There was a man. This is uh, St. John 3 and 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. For no man can do these miracles that, that thou doest except God be with him. So Jesus had the evidence. This is why men came to him. This is why the woman with the issue of blood came because they heard about him. And Jesus had a resume that not only am I speaking and talking about God, not only am I teaching you of a new way, a new way of love and of grace and what God is speaking a new testament he was establishing, but he had the evidence. There's one thing uh, in the old school said, you talking loud and saying nothing. But what Jesus did, he spoke with authority. Then he had the miracle signs and wonders that God showed that what this man is saying, I approve. And if you are a believer today, God approves of you speaking the truth in love. I said the truth in love so that the world will have an example of who God is, what God will do, and how God will move through people in our time. He said the same came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles. And when I saw you say miracles, I'm talking about signs, wonders, healing, blind eyes open, paralytics being raised up. Leprosy being healed. I'm talking about people who have been in the neighborhood, who have been on the outskirts, who have been outcast, who have been demonized. There was one man living in the temple. And Jesus came and spoke the word and the demons were cast out of the man. So it wasn't as though they just all of a sudden came, you know, they've been faking it and they were new in the town. There was some one woman bound over 18 years. One man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Every day they could see him at the pool, paralyzed, begging. Blind Bartimaeus by the wayside begging. Everybody knew him. Everybody. But when Jesus came by and changed their life, one touch of God's favor is worth a lifetime of labor. It's more than a lifetime of labor. More than worth your toiling, more than what you've been going through. One touch of his favor. And God has sent his son to represent him. And God was represented as a God of love, God of kindness, God of holiness, God of righteousness, God of purity, God of justice. All of these things God, Jesus did. Jesus didn't, did, he didn't detract or back up. For who God, the holiness of God or the righteousness of God, he just brought it in love. He wrapped it in love. With a woman 
who was caught in adultery. Jesus didn't say, oh, baby, oh sister, oh, baby, you, 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 I'm so sorry. You know what? You just go on and you know, you do the best you can. No, he freed her from the, the, the sentence of death because that's what the law said. But what Jesus says, go and sin no more. So we, we're all talking about, uh, we're talking about uh, Nicodemus today. But what I'm talking about again, Jesus did miracles. He worked miracles. And that's what the world will need. Everybody got a Bible. Everybody got a book. But what, the new, the, what we as believers in Christ have, we got the evidence. God wants us to, to demonstrate who we are. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about the deacon. The minister, the choir member, the lay member, the, uh, uh, the secretary, he's only asking us to surrender ourselves to him and let him use us. He said, I've given you power over all the powers of the enemy. If you were just you and your prayer partner, you and your uh, uh, a prayer partner could just, wherever you are, in the grocery store, at the hospital, in the, uh, at the bus line, so you know what? God loves you. Do you mind if I pray for you? You have something I can pray for you with? Because God, he wants to demonstrate to you who he is and what he does. If you will only believe. And so Nicodemus said in the second verse, he said, no one can do these miracles except God be with him. But what did Jesus say? He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Notice he said, you can't see it. Because the kingdom of God is within you. It has to, it can't be learned with the eye. It must be discerned. It's called discernment. And you discern with your spirit. Now, yes, you can see things with your eyes. But Jesus said, no, you got to go beyond what you see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. You've got to go to discernment. And we discern through the spirit of God. What God reveals to us, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. This is my way. Walk you in it. As Isaiah said, Isaiah said, when you're in the way, you don't know which way to go. He says, I will be a voice behind you. I will speak to you and say, turn you to the right hand or to the left. But see, you can't, you can't give direction if you're not moving. And you don't need to move unless you hear God urging, his prompting to tell you to go on. And when there comes a time for decision, he said, I'll be a voice behind you saying, turn to the right hand or to the left. But Jesus said, you can't even see the kingdom of God if you're not born again. In the fourth verse, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He said, how am I going to do this? I'm an old man. I can't. How am I, I going to react, react? I'm here now. But Jesus said to him, fifth verse, he said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, Peter preached and said, there, we will, there is an entrance into the word. It must be ministered unto us. The word of God is ministered. It's preached. Paul said through the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel. That's how we get become to know God. We know him because we listen. We listen to the spirit. We hear what he's saying. And I'm going to try to find, see if I can find this real quick over in the book of uh, uh, Peter. Um, let, me, so let me go here to uh, first Peter. Second Peter, rather, first chapter. It's what he says over in 2 Peter 1 and 2. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus, uh, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he's saying that if you want grace, if you want peace, it will be multiplied. 
God just won't give you peace. He just won't give you grace. He'll multiply. He'll, he will compound it on you. If you get the knowledge of him. According as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through. He says that word again. The knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. The glory of God dwells in you as a believer in him. God's glory is in you. God's power is in you. See, when we talk about glory, we think about, you know, the, the aura of God, the, the, you know, the, shine, the, the light shining. But the, the glory is also the power of God. It's the abundance of God. It's the, it's the uh, blessing of God. That's his glory. If you read in the Old Testament, when Jacob was with Laban, and Laban had tricked him for 10, ten times. He said, you changed my labor, you changed my pay 10 times. But there came a time when Jacob fixed his eyes on the blessing that God had put on him from his father, Isaac. That he told Laban, he said, no. Laban said, what am I going to give you? He said, no, you don't give me nothing. I've got a plan. And this is what you do. And he told him which type of sheep he would have and which type. I think he took the speckled one. And he said, everything is solid color is yours. So if you find solid colored sheep on my side, it means I stole it. But I'm trusted in the, in, the, in the revelation that God gave me. And it wasn't but I. After a while, the Bible says, even Laban's son said, look at the glory that has come upon Jacob. He's taken this from my father. So glory is more than just an aura. It's what's on the inside of the New Testament believer because we know him. We know, and he knows you. He knows you. But you got you got to know this as we said in our last teaching. You got to know this. You got to know that you that you got to know that you know that you know that you are born of God. God lives in you and you live in him. We are in Christ. And Christ is in God. So as Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father. I'm sitting there in him because I have the power and the love of God. Therefore, whenever anything comes up, we draw on the Holy Spirit. We pray and say, Father, you said if any man lack wisdom, let them ask of God, who giveth liberally, freely, and holds nothing back. When he says upbraideth not means that he doesn't, he doesn't withhold, he doesn't withdraw. But God freely gives to you his wisdom. So if you ever get to a hard place and you can't figure out what to do with that son or what to do with that daughter or how to handle the things that go on in your marriage, take a time out and say, Lord, help. I trust you that you will lead me and guide me. Speak through me. Speak to me and through me through your Holy Spirit. When you come to a job and you've got a problem that nobody can solve, say, Father, you are wisdom. You are knowledge. You are innovation. I trust you that you have already given me the answer. I trust you. That I'm the head and not the tail, but above and not beneath. And I will speak that which you have put in my life. And he goes on to say in 1 Peter 2 and 4, he said, Whereby are given to us exceeding great. He said, These things are given, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through us. And he's saying, All of these things come. Through the knowledge of God. And this is what Jesus was saying unto uh, Nicodemus. He was letting him know, if you know me, if you are born again of the water and of the spirit, you'll be a part of the kingdom of God. That's what it means by being born again. I'm born into him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You are new. You are born again. You are, uh, you are now a new person. That old lying, cheating, lusting, demonized, uh, uh, terrorized, fearful person, that hateful person, that's no longer you. 
Yes, Satan gonna come and try to make you hate your old ex, hate your ex, with ex-boyfriend or ex-husband uh, or ex-wife, whoever they are, because you remember the hurt. But you know what? You got to declare, my heart's healed now. I'm changed now. I was that way. But now I'm different because the Holy Spirit's on the inside. Jesus changed me. I can love people that I couldn't, I can love the unlovable. That don't mean I got to stay around 24 hours a day. That may mean I got to let you live on your side of town, live on mine. But you know what? If God, I ever received the prompting, I'm going to love on you. I'll tell you, I'll, whatever God said do, I'll do. But my point being that we are new. We are born again. We are born anew. But we're not born empty. All the gifts of the spirit that's talked about in Galatians 5.22, we have them. We have love. And you may feel like there's somebody, I know what you're saying, preacher. But what they did to me, what they said to me, how they treated me. There's enough love in you now that you can love a pastor insult. You can love past the divorce. You can love past the slander. You can love past the, uh, uh, the insults. God has given you love so that you can love them. They may not love you. They may still be, uh, they may be still saying hurtful things to you, but by the grace of God, I didn't say what you could do. I said by faith, you got to say, Lord, I love them. I don't feel like loving them. I don't feel like treating them right. I don't feel, it ain't about what you feel. It's about what you know, that I am not the same person that I used to be. I walk by faith and not by sight. And this is what Jesus is talking to, to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was in the flesh still. But he heard the living word, which was Jesus. And Jesus told him now in the uh, sixth verse, he said, Therefore, I, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Meaning, and remember now, this is before Jesus went to the cross. And Nicodemus couldn't be born then. But Nicodemus could come to, to understand who Jesus was. That he was the light and the light of man. We are no longer in darkness. We are no longer bound to be bound by witchcraft. That manipulation, domination, and control. And church folks are famous for that. Want to manipulate you, use you. Want to dominate you. You do what I say because this is what I say. Don't do what I do, do what I say do. And they control you. All of these things are of the enemy. That don't mean you don't obey, you don't obey them to have rule all of us. But God never told us to be a fool. He told us to be humble. But he said, what did Jesus say when he sent his disciples out? Be wise as serpents, but humble as lamb. And you got, to, you got to use the wisdom that God has given you. Humility doesn't mean weakness. It doesn't mean a uh, 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 stupidity. It means I'm humble enough to hear God. And if God says, no, I heard what you said, but what you're saying is against the peace that I have on the inside of me. I can't do this. I won't do it. And if it means I got to go, I got to go. But I'll leave in peace. See, that's the wisdom of God, the love of God. That you stand for what the scripture says. That we don't go to our flesh. We don't go to people uh, to get a godly answer. See, Nicodemus only knew God through the law. Jesus was teaching him a new way. Let's go now. Let's go into one more scripture today. This is found over in uh, uh, Matthew 6, 6, 16, 13. I want to read that real quick before we, uh, before we end today. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? We were talking about this in the early lesson. I want to bring this up. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elias or Elijah, others Jeremiah or Jeremiah, the Old Testament, or one of the prophets. See, Jesus was talking, he was, he was, see, okay, you've been with me all this time. I will see if you know who I am. 
Remember, this now is before he was crucified. This is before uh, he, he, the full revelation of who he was, God in flesh, they had received. But they're about, they about to get a revelation. And he said to them in the 15th verse, but who you say that I am? Simon Peter said, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjonah, for flesh and blood didn't tell you this, but my father, which is in heaven. God desires to give you revelation, innovation, inspiration. If we will listen, that's why we got to have a listening ear and praying in the spirit. Well, you will pray down mysteries. You will pray down answers to unqu un un unknown questions that you don't have an answer for. God will give you revelation in your spirit. That's why Jesus said it over, over in the book of First John. He said, you know all things, for you have an unction, a leading, a prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's how we know all things. No, in our carnal mind, no, you don't know everything. But in the spirit, yes, you do. But we have to do it, get what's in the spirit into, in, into manifestation, in our, into our knowing. And he said to Simon Peter in the 18th verse, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter heard God. And then the Bible says down in the 21st verse, something happened. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and the, and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. See, there's a problem in getting a revelation and not getting the next revelation. But Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, that this should be unto thee. But what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things of God, but those that be of men. Peter didn't listen. He, got, he began to look at the flesh and still to listen to that same spirit that told him that Jesus was the son of God. If he kept listening, he would, have got this, he would have got this revelation also. If Jesus said it, it was truth. If he said he was going to be killed, if he said he was going to be uh, 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 scribed, if he said he was going to be criticized and ostracized, if he said he was going to raise the third day, believe it. If he said he's with you, if he said I'm going to deliver you, if he says I'm going to keep you, if he says I'm going to keep you through this layoff, I'm going to bring you through this sickness, I'm going to... Uh, 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 Heal your marriage. I'm going to bring your son, your daughter out. Only believe. That's what me being born again is, is to have a relationship so we can hear God. I hope you got something out of this today. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your joy. And we thank you for your peace. We pray, Lord, Lord that you would continue to speak to your people and all of us about our relationship with you. You are a good God. You are a loving God. And I pray, Father, as we go about our day, we go about our activities, whether we're at work or at home or uh, in prayer or driving, whatever we, place we may be, Lord, we pray that relationships will be fuller, that relationships, oh Lord God, will be deeper, that we'll be more than just a Sunday, Sunday Christian, but that we will be a people who not only hears you, but follows you and loves you by obeying you and allowing you to work through us. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name until we come again to Journeys in Grace. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.